created my innermost parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. that we are and always will be 
loved by you, forgiven by you, and forever in your presence. Give us the courage and faith to follow those who have gone before us until that day when we are reunited with them and return safely to you. We pray in the name of the one who defeated death, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Well, goodness, gospel me. It is good to have you here. I do want to say something before I begin today, and Jim passed, passed it on yesterday. Um, this is a day of celebrating generations who have passed, and to think of the future. I would strongly encourage you to donate to the endowment committee here at Trinity Lutheran. I have been a benefactor of it, and I would love that future generations be a benefactor of it too. All right. A reading from Luke, chapter 6. Then Jesus looked up at his disciples and said, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who are hungry now, for you will be filled. Blessed are you who, are, who, are, who weep now, for you will laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you, and when they exclude you, revile you, and defame you on account of the Son of Man. Rejoice on that day and leap for joy, for surely your reward is great in heaven, for that is how their ancestors treated the prophets. But woe to you who are rich, for you have received your consolation. Woe to you who are full now, for you will be hungry. Woe to you who are laughing now, for you will mourn and weep. The word of the Lord. Thanks be God. So you can see the choir is not sitting behind me. It was going to be a skeleton crew anyway, and then this power outage happened, so I gave them the day off. And I sent a song by Ray Weaver. See at the uh, 1030 spot of their death, he never lasts.
Thank you, Carl. Uh, at the end of the sermon, uh, Carl's going to sing again, so you can just stay put. And that would have been when you would have seen the All Saints video uh, that Laura spent a lot of time put together. That's uh, not going to happen. Uh, I will be online at some point. And next Sunday morning, uh, in the before the service and after service, we'll run that video as well. So you can see that All Saints video and see those faces. And uh, so we're thankful for the work that Laura puts into that and Carl as well for that. And I'm very thankful for you being here this morning. We weren't sure how many were going to come. And, uh, and we're so honored by your presence here. Uh, so thanks, thank, thanks for taking time uh, to come into this place. And it's very warm in the fellowship hall. And the coffee is hot in the fellowship hall. And we have charging stations set up in the fellowship hall. And uh, we were uh, so anticipating you being here. And you know, um, God's blessed your decision. God's going to bless that decision to put yourself in the path of the gospel. God has promised to meet you here in the bread and the wine that we'll be sharing, in the water, in the word, in the music, music that touches our troubled souls and lifts us up in life. But you know, as always, Christianity and this call to follow Jesus, it's not all about you. It's not all about me. You see, someone else is in God's path this morning. They're sitting around you. And every Sunday, we need to remember that when God calls us to come together, it's not just about us. It's about the people who are coming here who need you, even if you don't need them on that particular Sunday, or think you don't need them. Someone needs your smile. Someone needs your prayers. Someone needs a gentle touch from you, a listening ear at the coffee hour. And on those days when you've chosen not to be here, that person would have missed you. And I would have missed you too. So thanks for coming out this morning. Carl mentioned, I don't know if it was on purpose, he said that he was going to have a skeleton crew. <laughs> Just a few days after Halloween. I don't know if that was on purpose or not. But it was Halloween week here at the church and we gave away a lot of candy. Candy to our preschool students as they paraded through our offices. They were dressed up as superheroes, ninja turtles, firefighters. There you see pictures of them. No, I'm not going to see them. <laughs> and of course, it would not be Halloween without a few of the cutest little witches that you've ever seen. And I had the cutest little picture of one of our little witches. Some young little witches, and then I had pictures of some much more mature witches. Lori Erickson, as she was trick-or-treating at her house as a witch, and Leonard Rose as well. But you know, those witches were not scary, and I'm quite sure that the preschoolers, the trick-or-treaters, they understood the difference between reality and make-believe, right? Before I move on, let me say something about witches. Bev Aldrich, some of you might remember Bev. Bev and Bob, Bob played in the Bell Choir, they were around here for a long time. She's a member of our parish. She was also a descendant of a woman who was accused of being a witch at the Salem Witch Trials. And I visited her at her home up by Bush Point some years back. And uh, as I came into her house, it was just before Halloween, it was October, and she had witches everywhere in that house. She was what you would call a witch expert because it was a part of her family history. Now, she didn't believe in witches at all, 
She knew they were mythical, but she knew witch history, she knew mythology, she knew trivia. And according to the superstitious lore of witches, there was something that witches cannot do. Even with broomsticks, even with their magic spells, eye of newt, flying monkeys, there was something they could not do. What is it you ask? Witches cannot cry. Witches cannot cry because they are not human. Witches cannot cry and humans can't escape. Cry. <clears throat> it does not matter where you go in the world. Wherever humans are found, tears are shed. Lots of tears are being shed these days across Africa, in Haiti, in Pakistan, in Central America. Civil war, corrupt leaders, natural disasters, climate change has left millions of innocent people homeless and on the move. Tears are being shed in Eastern Europe and Russia as the sins of one man are destroying the lives on both sides of the border. Tears are being shed in families caught in a downward spiral of addiction. Couples lay down in cold beds at night, side by side and miles away, wondering if they can keep their marriage going one more day. And single parents, exhausted and overwhelmed, cannot seem to keep up with the emotional and the financial realities of raising children alone. And in our church, loving caregivers cry as they face one more lonely day, caring for a spouse with dementia, answering the same questions over and over again, helplessly watching as the love of their lives becomes more distant and more dependent every day. Witches cannot cry because they are not human. Humans cannot escape the tears because they are human and no one gets a pass in this world. I would invite you now to enter into the story of scripture. Our text taken from the Gospel of John, the 11th chapter. And as we enter this story, Jesus is on the road. He is teaching and healing. He is touching the poor, pathetic, broken peasants who put themselves, as you have this morning, in the path of the Gospel. And as he's doing so, two men approach Jesus. They had come from the village of Bethany. Bethany is just a few miles from Jerusalem. It was the home of Jesus' closest friends, Martha and Mary and the brother Lazarus. The messengers had a troubling word. Lazarus had taken ill. It did not seem to be the flu or a reaction to some bad camel stew. No, it seemed that his very life was in danger. Martha and Mary had sent the men that they might bring the rabbi and miracle worker Jesus back to the house, a house where Jesus had spent many a night and enjoyed many a meal. It was a good plan, but Jesus was busy. The crowds were pressing in on him. So many people needed to hear words of grace. So many people longed to be touched or heard or cared for. And so it was two days. It was two days before Jesus could 
break away. He set his course for Bethany. But when Jesus arrived, he found that it was too late. Lazarus was dead. In fact, he had already been in the tomb for four days. Now, as you might imagine, there was great grief in the village. You see, Lazarus was not 90. He was not 103. No, Lazarus was 30 years old. This death was out of season. Mourners were crying. They were shaking their fists toward heaven. A death like this threatened their sense of order. If a young, strong, and healthy Lazarus could drop dead, then they were all at risk. There was wailing and tears. And now anger. Lazarus' sister Martha heard that Jesus was entering the village and she immediately ran out to meet him. She said, Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. We sent for you days ago. Can you tell me what was so important that you could not come to the bedside of your friend? We understand those words, don't we? Jesus tried to comfort her as he continued towards the cemetery. We, meanwhile, back at the family home, Mary was beside herself in grief. There seemed to be no end to her tears. She was inconsolable. Mary garnered all of her strength and came out of the house. She too wanted to see Jesus. But as she moved that way, each step was heavy. Every breath labored. Hope was hard to come by. At the entrance of the cemetery, their eyes met. You may remember that Mary was the one who had anointed Jesus' feet with perfume and wiped his feet with her hair. She would have given her very life for him, but now her life seemed to be over. Her brother was dead. She fell at his feet crying, looking up with so swollen eyes. She said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who came with her also weeping, and he was greatly disturbed in spirit and deeply moved, the text tells us. What is this? This is a human story. This is a common human experience. It's yours and it's mine, and every candle around this baptismal font reminds us of that. Human beings shed tears. It's a part of our DNA. The very young and the very old cry. The rich and the poor cry. There are tears of joy and there are tears of sorrow, but there's no escaping the tears. This is part of what it means to be human. Yes, the road we walk is damp, watered with the tears of our ancestors. Nothing, it seems, is more central to our shared lives than our shared grief, our shared tears. And that brings me to this All Saints Day and the 17 candles which silently rest around this baptismal font. Yes, 17 times in the past year, we have joined the parade of mourners to graveside. 17 candles burn in silence. And their silence speaks of voices that we will never hear again. Their silence speaks of empty places at the table, of smiles that are but a memory. 
Now I could talk about each candle that circles the font. <clears throat> Behind each flame is a story, a sacred story. The twists and turns of those individual stories are unique, unique in all of human history, and yet they are eerily similar to your story and mine. Stories of joy and sorrow, sickness and health, betrayal and death. We share our humanity with all who have come before us and every generation who will follow us. Naked and helpless, we arrive in the world. Naked and helpless, we will depart. In the beginning and in the end, we are much more alike than we are different. So we remember and honor those who have gone before us. In the deep recesses of our minds, memories are kindled, postcards from far off places are remembered, careers gave way to retirement, children and grandchildren were born, a few snapshots frozen in time, service to God and service to country, disappointment and disease, love found and love lost, tears shed, dreams realized, and dreams shattered. Seventeen candles burn, and behind the flames are a thousand more. Families standing at graveside, families holding each other in crime, families shattered by this unwelcome visitor we call death. And the truth is we detest death. As frail creatures, we rail against it hoping to hold it off, to hold it at bay, hoping that we can somehow escape it. We detest death, death which robs us of our loved ones, steals the promise of future joy, and leaves us drowning in tears of our humanity. The candles are right there. And in just a few minutes, you're gonna to have to walk right by those candles to receive the bread and wine of Holy Communion. And even if we try, it's gonna be pretty hard to ignore them. No, there can be no hiding this day. Make no mistake about it. Next year, those 17 candles will burn again, but they'll have different names on them. That's right, 17 of us will be moving from our homes and pews to that condo in the courtyard we call the Columbarium, the Hotel California for ashes. But then, none of this is news to you. I've not told you something that you do not know. You did not really think that you'd be the first to escape death, did you? As you gaze upon these flames flickering silently around the flock, as you shed a tear for those who are gone and shed a tear knowing that you're not far behind them, as you do that, I'd like to end this morning with perhaps the three most important verses in the Bible. The first is the most common phrase that God speaks to frightened children like you, like me. Do not be afraid. Say that back to me. Do not be afraid. <clears throat> Do not be afraid. It was the word of God to the Virgin Mary. Do not be afraid. It was the greeting to the carpenter Joseph. Do not be afraid. It was the word that allowed shepherds to hear about the Christmas child. Do not be afraid. It was the word that allowed the disciples to come out of hiding after Easter. Do not be afraid. My friends, I know that Halloween and death can be scary 
but God tells us that we do not need to be afraid. You managed to work your way down the birth canal to be born into this world, and when the time comes, you will manage to work your way down the birth canal of death, and you will be reborn. Do not be afraid. And the second of the three most important verses in the Bible is, He is risen. He is risen. This simple phrase informs our life and gives us the courage to face death. He is risen. It is more than a description of an Easter event. It is a promise to you and to me. We look at those flames. Those dear saints have crossed over to the other side, but they are not gone. No, they have been reborn. He is risen. They are re risen. Those words of promise give us, are spoken to us loud and clear and remind us that death will not have the last word. Do not be afraid. He is risen. And now we return to the graveyard for the final verse. Mary kneeling at the feet of Jesus. Her brother Lazarus is dead. Mary is standing by a tear-soaked hanky in her hand. Family and friends are crying. Jesus was greatly disturbed and deeply moved. And he said, where have you laid him? They said, Lord, come and see. They walked to the graveside, just as we have walked to the graveside this year. They walk to the graveside, and then we have the shortest and perhaps the most important verse in all of Scripture. And you know it. Jesus wept. Let me hear you say Jesus wept. Witches can't cry because they are not human. Jesus weeps. His humanity is on display. Jesus weeps with us and for us. Jesus weeps for the Afghan refugees and Ukrainian asylum seekers. Jesus weeps for parents who are weeping over their children. Jesus weeps with you in your fear and in your loneliness. Jesus weeps for a world where humans weep and an environment that groans under the strain. You see, he's not some far off detached God. He is not some idol made of stone or gold. No, he is Emmanuel, God with us, God one of us, God who took on human flesh, the one who lived with us and died for us. Do not be afraid, for he is risen. And if you are crying this day, know that you do not weep alone. Jesus wept. And someday, Someday when our candles burn, when we have completed this journey, when we have breathed our last and those left behind are crying for us, when we have crossed over to the other side someday, when I get where I'm going, there'll be only happy tears.
seated as we lift our hearts to God in prayer. Uh, each petition will end, God of mercy. Our response will be, hear our prayer. Orion's going to lead us to prayer. Let us pray. Let us pray in communion with all of the saints on earth and heaven, with the faithful in all ages, and in the name of Jesus. In gratitude for all those who have blessed our lives in any way, God of mercy, in gratitude for all those who have spoken up for justice and peace, God of mercy, in gratitude for those who have borne injustice or pain in defense of others, God of mercy, O oh God, on this All Saints Sunday, when we celebrate the faithfulness of those who have lived their lives in your Son's name, we are both inspired and challenged. Patient God, help us forget what might have been and what we might have done. Remind us that all the saints of the church were ordinary people, subject to the same mixed feelings about their own worth and potential. We give thanks for all those who we have lost this past year. God of mercy, God of compassion, bring healing and hope to those who grieve, suffer pain, or have been afflicted in any way by the effects of wars and other disasters. We remember those who have died and those who mourn for them. Let us all know your compassion, which calms our hearts and shelters our souls. God of mercy, in this election season, guide those who would lead to have a servant heart and trust the voice of the people. Guide the leaders of all communities that justice may prevail throughout the world and that hope may be rekindled in our hearts. Let the walls between us become bridges to greater understanding so we see Christ in others and trust in the value and goodness of all people. God of mercy, for these prayers and all those prayers known only to you, we trust in your mercy through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. I invite you to stand as comfortable. The peace of the Lord be with you. And
over in the gym, warm up, jar your phones, have some coffee, have some uh, refreshments. Uh, please stick around for a while. There's no place to go. It's <laughs> <laughs> cold at home. Just come around. We're on the up in the meantime. I encourage you to join us next Sunday. Uh, you'll be back here, so will I. And next Sunday, we're going to do uh, Country Western Sunday. All right. <laughs> some of you cheer and others groan. I mean, you know, sometimes it's baked open and sometimes it's uh, not. So, next Sunday, another Western Sunday here, you can wear appropriate attire and we will be gathered uh, for worship next Sunday. Uh, we put together a memorial planning sheet and that's out of the table out there. We really encourage you all to take one of those. Um, and uh, fill those in, leave them with your papers, get a copy of the church if you'd like. We'd love to they have that here as well. It's just really, really, uh, it's really a gift to your children and grandchildren uh, at some point in your life, and it allows you to have input into uh, those decisions. So grab one of those if you'd like. I'd be happy to talk to anybody if you'd like to talk about any of that information uh, as well. Uh, flowers are from Arden and Paul Sonnison. Uh, they're in the process of moving to Everett after about 30 years with us. And they give the flowers saying they're just thankful for their church family. Uh, card ministry, there's out on the table, there's a, a Marcia Bennett. Uh, grab that and send Marcia a card. She's coming home from the hospital uh, shortly. It's been a kind of a tough run for Marcia, so if you could drop her a card, uh, that would be uh, fantastic. Uh, some volunteers needed for the tiny house. Our, our project is almost done there, thanks to our great volunteers, uh, but some of the other houses are a little behind, so I know you can talk to Koyla about that. Koyla's there waiting at you. Uh, you can talk to Koyla about that. If you could help with that, that would be uh, fantastic. Uh, okay, and uh, th there is a table in the gym for Western States. Every year we, we get some stuff together for Western States Hospital and send Christmas stuff down to them to make their Christmas better for those who live down at Western States Hospital spending time there. Speak your name. You gotta speak really loud. <laughs> <laughs> really loud. Good morning. Good morning. Um, so let's see, Adult Forum, uh, the, or no, Sunday Forum is the new name for adult education. And that is happening 915 down the hallway in the fireside room. We've got the fireplace on and the, the little heater going down there. Uh, this morning will be all about Young Life. Our Southwood B rep from Young Life will be here. And then next Sunday is uh, called Journeys with the Messiah. We have a great little video to show about an incredible um, art, artistic endeavor. Uh, a photographer has done photos of Jesus in modern day settings and they're really moving and inspiring. So I encourage you to come down the hall between services, 9.15 Sunday mornings to Sunday Forum. Uh, today, we will have high school youth group after the second worship service. Uh, so if you're watching online, come charge your phones, eat cookies, and have fun together. So uh, come see me with any questions. I look forward to seeing you. Thanks. Uh, we, third uh, Thursday potlucks we've been having this fall. Uh, so a week from Thursday, we're going to have uh, a third Thursday potluck. And the theme, as you see in your bulletin this year, is uh, for this month is preseason Thanksgiving potluck. So we're going to have Thanksgiving food, and uh, so you can sign up for that. That we know you're coming to that as well. That would be great. Sign up for the Narthex. 
Okay, anything else? We'll do the order. Okay. Worried about communion? Follow along. We'll come down the center aisle. Be very careful if you're going to touch the water today. Uh, you just be very careful. Uh, but you'll come down the center aisle uh, and uh, hold out your hands to receive the host. We'll put the wafer in your hand of the host, the body of Christ. Hold on to it momentarily, then you can tink it, dip it into the chalice of your choice. First chalice of wine, second chalice of grape juice. We also have gluten for you as well. But most importantly, wherever you've been, wherever your journey has taken you, know that you are always welcome at this table because there's only one host, and that's Jesus. If it's comfortable for you, I'd invite you to stand. <coughs> gather now around the table that welcomed our parents and grandparents, a table a year ago that welcomed the 17 who were represented by the candles that are burning today. This table welcomes you today as it will welcome Christians of a variety of colors and denominations across the globe. As we gather we remember our host, Jesus, as he gathered on a Thursday night in Holy Week, in Jerusalem, in an upper room. It was the night when he would be betrayed by those who were dining with him. On this night, he took the bread and gave thanks. He broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this. For the remembrance of me. And again, after supper, he took the cup and gave thanks. He gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. As often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, Jesus Christ has promised to be truly present with us. Let us pray now as he taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Gifts of God for the people of God all alone. Please come. You may be seated.